turn to your neighbor. Go to a, go to a, maybe you need to stand up. Go to a better neighbor. Say, neighbor, this is the last time you see me in this condition. You are not going to a neighbor. I say, go to a neighbor. Say, neighbor, this is the last time you will see me at this level. This is the last time. This is the last time. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. This is the last time. Hallelujah. We've been sharing about Christmas and trying to uh, re-emphasize the birth of Christmas in the way it is supposed to be celebrated. We established our past couple of weeks about the origin of Christmas. How did Christmas uh, started being celebrated on the 25th of December? Because it is very clear that Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. By every calculation, if you take the birth of Jesus Christ, who was born six months after John the Baptist, Jesus was born sometime in October and not in December. And we explained to you where the tradition of 25th December came from. We also explained to you where the Christmas tree came from. We also explained to you where Santa Claus came from. We explain every history about Christmas. If you want to hear that message, you can go to our website or go to our podcast at newbridgecc.org and you're going to be able to listen to that message. I'd like us this morning to stand as in honor of God's word as we read the word of God this morning. We're going to be looking, looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 38. Luke chapter 2, from verse 25 to 38. It's a long scripture we're going to read. Luke chapter 2 from verse 25 to 38. The Bible said, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him, what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his hands and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of, the, of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will be pierced, a sword will pierce your own soul too. Verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel. Of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, thirty-seven, and when and then was a widow until she was eighty-four years. She was ne- she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to whom to whom who were all were looking forward to the redemption. Of Israel. Amen. Father, we give you praise this morning. We give you glory for the privilege to be in your presence. 
We ask that as you speak to us this morning, speak to us and touch us at the point of our needs. May we not go back the same. Bless us as we go out today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'll be talking to you this morning on the topic, the joy of Christmas. You may be seated, please. The joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas. Like I said last week, many people celebrate Christmas without understanding what Christmas is all about. Most people who are busy doing decoration, buying clothes, and doing all these Christmas festivities have no relationship with Jesus Christ. Like Mama Frida was saying in the prayers, we transition from Easter burning to Halloween, from Halloween to Christmas. We just keep traditions. But we as a people have to understand the reason behind Christmas. And we've established that Jesus is the reason for the season. If we are celebrating anything in this Christmas, it has to be about Jesus. We said last week that Christmas was not about trees. Christmas was not about light. Christmas was not about Santa Claus. Christmas was not even about the poor or the homeless. Christmas was about Jesus. It is tradition that shifted the focus from Jesus to other things. Because as long as we continue to lay emphasis on Jesus, then we are going to worship Jesus, which is against the, the enemy's plan. So what the devil is trying to do is trying to shift the focus from Jesus and make Christmas a regular holidays. And that is why it is easy to hear people say, happy holidays and not happy Christmas. Because they're trying to remove Christ from the celebration. You hear people say happy holidays. But we as Christians have to understand that if we are celebrating anything in this season, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is all about Jesus. I said it is all about Jesus. Can you tell somebody by your side, this season is all about Jesus. Tell that person, this is not about your children, it's about Jesus. It's, about, it's not about those you love, it is about Jesus. You know, I said something when I was doing um, Facebook Live. I said that when the wise men came to see Jesus, they brought out gifts. Who did they give the gifts to? I'm asking you a question now. Who did the wise men give the gifts to? They gave it to Jesus. But who do we give gifts to this time? We give it to our friends. We give it to children. We give it to the wrong people because we've completely forgotten that Christmas was not about our children. Christmas was, was not about friends. Christmas was about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I established also the fact that when you say Christmas, Christmas was a mass that was celebrated for Christ. That is where the name Christmas came from. A mass celebrated for Christ. So how are people celebrating Christ without a mass? Because there has to be a mass for Christ to be celebrated. That is what makes it Christmas. So if you are celebrating anything out of the mass, it is not Christmas. Because Christmas was a mass organized for the celebration of Christ. So there are people who are not going to be in church on Christmas or will not take part in any Christmas activities in church, but they'll be dancing, celebrating, buying new clothes, eating and drinking. They are just keeping tradition. If we have to celebrate Christmas in a way that glorifies God, we have to understand that Jesus is the reason behind everything. Amen. The Bible said there was a man that was called Simeon who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You know, before this time, there was a prophecy that a Messiah would be born. And the 
Jews were eagerly waiting for the Messiah. Because the Messiah to them was going to be a strong political figure who was going to free them from the bondage of the Romans. So when you tell the Jewish people about the Messiah, they were not thinking about somebody like Jesus. They thought the Messiah was going to be somebody who was powerful, a strong business tycoon, who was going to break the grip of the Romans from the Jews. So Simeon was different because he understood in the spirit who the Messiah was, and he was waiting. And the Bible says God had promised Simeon that he would not see death till he saw the Messiah. The Bible says moved by the spirit. You may not understand what the Bible says moved by the spirit he went into the temple. Because in the, in the Jewish temple, there were hundreds of priests that officiated uh, services in the temple every time. So it was possible that you could be a priest for seven years without ever having the privilege to do any ceremony in the temple. Because there were about 12 groups of priests that rendered services in the temple. And each of those groups had like 100 priests. So if you take 100 times 12, there were over 1,200 priests that were in the temple. And for them to select who was going to render services in the temple, they would cast lots. And if that lot fell on you, then you were the one to render services that week in the temple. So it was possible that you could carry the title of a priest without ever going to serve in the temple. But the Bible says in this season, as Jesus was going to be dedicated, there was a priest who was going to dedicate Jesus. There was no specific priest that was assigned to dedicate Jesus. But the Bible says, moved by the Spirit. I don't know where he was, whether he was in his house or somewhere relaxing, but the Spirit of God moved him. Because if he didn't move in the Spirit, he would have missed that moment where God promised for him. And pray that in this season of Christmas, may you, may you not move in the flesh, may you move in the Spirit. Amen. So you can receive all that God has promised for you in this season. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When he got into the temple, there was Jesus. The promise that the Father gave him long time ago. Because God said to Simeon, you will not see death until you have seen the Messiah. So this was a moment for Simeon. It was a promise fulfilled for Simeon. And then the child was dedicated. The Bible says as he took the child into his hands to dedicate the child. Before we go forward, I want to mention to you that dedication is one powerful event that many Christians don't understand. When I grew up, there was a statistics that were performed in the Bible school where I studied that most children that were dedicated to the Lord at birth did well than children that were not dedicated. That was the statistics. So if you have a child who is not dedicated, do your best to dedicate that child unto the Lord. Present that child officially to the Lord and let a prayer be said about that child and about that child's future. Jesus, who is Messiah, who is God, needed to be dedicated. One more of your children. I mean, if God had to be dedicated... One more of your ordinary children. They need even dedication, dedication. If Jesus needed to be dedicated. Now as Simeon took the child in his hands, instead of doing the regular thing that we do during dedication, we pray for the child, Simeon started celebrating and saying marvelous things about the child. He said, this child truly is the one that we've been waiting for. He was glad. He was full with joy. As he took the child in his hands, 
he made prophetic declarations over the child. And then the Bible says the parents were, they were marveled, they were surprised. Because you understand that when Mary received the revelation that she would be pregnant with the child, it was true because she was truly pregnant and she believed everything that God said. But when she stepped into the temple and Simeon, who had never seen Mary or never even knew that something like that took place, started making all these declarations upon the child, it was a confirmation to Mary that truly what God said has come to pass. They were both surprised. You know, sometimes you have those kids in your hands, in your house. You look at them like ordinary kids. But maybe the kid you have in your house could be the 56th president of the United States. You don't know. Mary was carrying this baby, just honoring the promise and everything that God said. But little did she know that this was the Messiah that would save not just Israel, but the whole world from sins. I want to tell all parents today as you go home, take care of your children. Because that little boy, that little girl, can be the one that will change the story of the world. Amen. Amen. That is why as a parent, you must be careful with the things you say to your children. Sometimes parents who are angry or offended by their kids will say, you this stupid child. As you speak those words over those children, they are like prophecies. The child begins to receive that message that he's stupid. And then you wonder why the child goes to school and the child does not succeed. You prophesied over your child that he or she was stupid. But you have to condemn the action of your child and not condemn your child. You can say what you did was stupid. But don't tell your child he or she is stupid. Because every word that you speak has power over your child. Amen. So as you go back home today, do different and act different over your child. The Bible says Simeon blessed them. And then he said something surprising to Mary. and said, this child will also pierce your soul. And he was talking about the death of Jesus. Remember when Jesus stood at the cross watching his son being crucified. She was bruised. And he confirmed exactly what Simeon said, that your soul will be pierced because of this child. So as we go forward, we have to understand that this is not just about, like I said, a baby. This is about the Son of God. And he said, a thought of many will be revealed. You know, before, before Jesus came into the world, everything was secret. But now because Jesus died and left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now there's a possibility that you can be in this church and somebody can know exactly what you're thinking. There was a day we have prayers. A lady stepped into prayers. And then the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I gave the lady a prophecy. And then I, I, I was surprised that after that service, she never came back again. And I was like, what, what happened? So we met after. And then she answered, Pastor, everything you said to me that day, are you sure that somebody did not tell you about me? I said, why do you think somebody too? Because she was so shocked that I could know exactly what was in her heart, what she was thinking about. Now, because of the birth of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God upon us today that we can discern what somebody is thinking. The thoughts of many can be revealed because we have the Spirit of God upon us. And the Bible also talks about a, an, a widow who was a prophetess called Anna. This woman's story is amazing. The Bible says she, she got married. Seven years after her marriage, her husband died. And then she was a widow until she was 84. And the Bible clearly says that from that time that she became a widow, she stayed in the temple day and night, 
worshiping, praying, and fasting. And I ask myself this question. A woman who is a widow is in the temple day and night. And some of us, some of us find it so difficult to be in church even one day a week. So difficult. That even to come on time is still a problem. But there's a widow who was in the temple day and night. This, this was dedication. After her husband died, she said, now I'm going to be married to Jesus. I'm going to be married to God. She stayed in the temple worshiping and fasting day and night. And even to take it further, the fasting part is even more interesting. That she spent all her life as a widow fasting. How many of you have fasted since this 2018 started? You went a full day without eating. Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be angry because we're going to have a fasting in January, a 21 day fasting. From the 2nd of February, we're going to be fasting. From morning, I don't know what, how long you can stay from morning without eating, but we're going to have a 21 day fasting. I'm going to be leading the prayers every evening, sending you prayer topics and scriptures to read because. This 2019 is going to be a year with a difference. I thought somebody would say amen. Yes. I said this 2019 for me, you know what say, let me say, let me say it to myself. Amen. This 2019 for me is going to be a year with a difference. Amen. amen. Let me say that for you. This 2019 for you is going to be a year with a difference. Amen. So don't start your year by just eating and drinking. We are going to make certain declarations in January. That this 2019, we shall not bury anybody in our families. Yes. This 2019, I will not spend my money in the hospitals. Yes. This 2019, I will not be stressed at my job. Yes. We are going to make that declaration as we seek the face of the Lord in prayers. Don't follow those who go to New York Times and watch the board drop and drink and get drunk. And that is how they start there. You start your year by getting drunk, your year is going to be drunk. You have to start the year in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Coming to that moment, the prophetess Anna gave thanks because she also understood that this child that was born was not just an ordinary child. He was the Messiah that was sent for the redemption of Israel. Hallelujah. The joy of Christmas. When I look at how political leaders are appointed in Cameroon, I was always too surprised why Anytime a leader is appointed, let me say a minister of culture, a minister of public works is appointed from any region, the people of the region organize a traditional dance and they are dancing to thank the president. And I always wonder, why are they thanking the president like they did them a favor? But I came to understand that the people know that if we have somebody in government, then now we have access in the government. So when Jesus was born, this was different because the people of Israel who, under, who had the revelation of the Messiah now understood that we have somebody that we can connect to God with. They understood that it was not just a child. It was a connection point between them and God. What makes Christmas joyful is the joy that was experienced by Mary and Joseph. Now, if you look at the story of Mary and Joseph, think about the difficulty that Joseph went through for accepting to stay with a woman that was accused of, a, of fornication or adultery. Can you imagine that you are engaged and everybody in your neighborhood, in your town, know that this is your fiancé? 
And suddenly your fiancé shows up and makes a story that I am pregnant. And this pregnancy is by the spirit. Can you imagine how it will be on Facebook, on Twitter, and social media? That this man is so stupid that their girlfriend cheated on him. And he still has the nerve to push on with the wedding. That was a difficulty that Joseph was going through. Then you imagine that you're married. You're, you're in a mall with your big stomach trying to shop for your baby. They say, look at her. She's pregnant. And she said that she was pregnant by the spirit. You can imagine the difficulty that she went through carrying this pregnancy. But when this child is born and all these declarations are made upon the child, you can imagine the joy that Mary feels to have the confirmation that truly this thing that I said has finally come out to the light that I was not pregnant by any man. It was the spirit that got me pregnant. Hallelujah. It was a joy for Mary and Joseph. It was a wonderful moment as they see their embarrassment disappear, as they see their shame taken away. They gave birth to a child, knowing fully what the angel said. But when Simeon began to pro- prophesy all these things to the child, then they understood that everything God said about this child was true. You can give birth to a regular child, but that child in your house may be the president, like I said. That child may be the queen. It's like whoever knew that an African-American will be a princess in England. If the former husband of that lady knew that she was going to be a princess, she maybe should have held to that girl. But because they didn't see her future, they despised her. But another man saw her future and brought her in. That child in your house can be the one that will change your story and the story of the world. Mary and Joseph gave birth to an ordinary child. But this moment in the temple affirmed to them that this child that they gave birth to was not ordinary. It was a Messiah that would deliver the world from their sins. Amen. Amen. It is one thing to have a birth, to have to give birth to a healthy, handsome child or a beautiful girl. It is another thing altogether to give birth to the Savior of the world. This was the joy that Mary and Joseph experienced when they came into the temple. What makes Christmas joyful, number two, is the joy to Israel, to those who are waiting for the Messiah, like I said. When you talk about the Messiah in Israel, like I said, they knew that the Messiah was going to be a powerful man, a king that would fight the Romans and give them freedom. So the birth of Christ was a joyful moment to all those who were expecting the Messiah. Before this time, Israel was in oppression under the Romans. And so Israel was expecting freedom from the Romans. So the joy that comes with the birth of Christmas tells the Israelites that even though you are bound under Roman captivity, there is a day your freedom is going to come. Hallelujah. There is a day your freedom is going to come. What makes Christmas joyful, number three, is joy to us, the Gentiles. When you talk about Gentiles, Gentiles are all those who are not Jewish. In verse 38, Anna said, this child was sent by God for the redemption of the world. When you talk about redemption, redemption comes from from the word redeem. Redeem means to make valuable again, something that the value was lost. And now you're giving that thing value again. That is redemption. Before Jesus came into the world, we who were not Jews had no part in anything done by God's people. We were Gentiles. We were forbidden to go into the temple. But when Jesus came, he gave us access, not only into the temple, but he gave us access even into his kingdom. 
So the birth of Christ announces an entrance of anyone into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That is why when Jesus was born, it was not the Jews that understood that he was born. It was wise men from the east. Men who had no relationship with Israel who saw the star and came to worship him. Because Jesus came not just for Israel, he came for all nations. Hallelujah. That is why it was wise men. People who had no relationship with the Jewish culture or the Jewish celebrations of religious holidays who saw the star and followed and came to worship him. Without Christ coming into the world, we have no access to God. Without Christ coming into the world, we have no guarantee of eternal life. The birth of Christ brings the end of the devil's kingdom. Remember in Genesis, it was promised that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. So the birth of the Christ was an announcement to the devil that your kingdom has come to an end. In John chapter 10 verse 10, he said, The thief cometh to steal, but to kill and to destroy. But he says, I have come that you may have life. And having what? In abundance. So Christ came to end the terror of the enemy. Christ came to bring every tragedy that the devil caused in our lives into an end. So I want to pray that in this Christmas season, if you are suffering from any demonic oppression, may it come to an end in the name of Jesus. If the enemy is oppressing you in any way, may it come to an end in the name of Jesus. Whatever power that is governing your family, by the reason of this Christmas celebration, may it come to an end in the name of Jesus. Christmas also brings the possibility of a glorious life. When I look at the, the life of the disciples of Jesus, you know, when Jesus came, he was despised because he was a carpenter's son. Carpentry was one of the most lowest professions you can ever know in Israel. Jesus was not a stock exchange child. He was not an accountant's child. He was not a medical doctor's child. He was not a lawyer's child. He was a carpenter's child. So he was despised. Then when he started his ministry, I like the authority. You know, when we start a church like this, we try to tell people, you have a talent, you can sing, or you can pray. We try to get people involved. But the way Jesus started his ministry, like, follow me. <laughs> Without even asking, your, hey, Peter, follow me. And they all follow. And one time, Peter said to Jesus, Say, Master, we have left our houses, our families to follow you. What shall be our reward? Little did Peter know that he will become the bishop, the first ever bishop of all the church. The spokesman of all the churches. Little did he know that Christ was calling him, not just to make him, fam not just to make him famous, but to make him the one that will be the voice of salvation to the nations. So, the coming of Jesus gives us the possibility to live a glorious life. You cannot have Christ in your life and live in crisis. Let me say that again. You cannot have Christ in your life and live in crisis. Because accepting Christ is coming out of crisis. Denying Christ is accepting to stay in crisis. The day you say yes to Christ, you are saying no to crisis. Because wherever Jesus steps, change must occur. Hallelujah. Amen. The coming of Christ brings a glorious celebration. It brings the possibility to live a glorious life. This morning, you may be here today. Maybe you are not joyful at all. Like I said, there was joy to Mary. 
It was joy to Israel. It is joy to the Gentiles that we can now be saved. Maybe you're here today, you're not experiencing joy in any part of your life. There is a difference between joy and happiness. Many of us are looking for happiness and not joy. That is why most people say, I'm not happy in this relationship. I'm not happy in this marriage. I'm not happy with this job. There is no guarantee that you can be happy with anything done under the sun. Happiness depends on happenings. What happens makes you happy. But joy depends on Jesus. When a man understands that I have joy, I have Jesus in my life, the man may be going through fire, but yet he's, he's joyful. You may be going through difficulties, but yet joyful because you understand that God is working behind the scenes. There is a greater power that is controlling the affairs of your life. You understand that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. You may be looking for joy in your marriage, joy in your relationships, joy at your career. But when you understand that it is not about the things that happen, but about Jesus, your focus shifts. It becomes now about God. I want to let you know this morning, if you can receive Jesus in your heart and cultivate a relationship with him, then joy will start manifesting in your life. There are women who have placed their joy upon their children. And once their children fail, their lives are shattered. There are ladies who have placed their joys on their husbands. And once their husband fails, joy is shattered. But when you place your joy in Jesus, you can be going through the worst moment of your life, yet your heart is not troubled. Because your confidence is not in man. Your confidence is not in your job. Your confidence is not in your business. Your confidence is not in your husband or your wife. Your confidence is in the Lord. Hallelujah. As we move towards this Christmas, I want us to embrace Christ in a very special way. I want us to celebrate Christ in a way that gives him glory and in a way that magnifies his name. Hallelujah. Can we stand on our feet this morning as we pray? And can somebody please bring me all the kids into the house? I just wanted to pray that God help me to celebrate this Christmas with understanding. That the way I celebrate this Christmas this year will be different. Let me celebrate this Christmas in a way that will glorify your name. In the name of Jesus.